0: Chapter 18 of Our Friend the Charlatan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Our Friend the Charlatan by George Gissing. Chapter 18. At last, declared Mrs. Lashmar, "It really looks as if Dice was going to do something." i've just been writing to lady susan and i have let her see unmistakably what i think of her friendship but i'm very glad dyce isn't indebted to her for a more unendurable woman when she thinks she has done any one a kindness doesn't exist if she gets a place for a servant-girl all the world is told of it and she expects you to revere her saintly benevolence am very glad that she never did anything for Dice. indeed i always felt that she was very little use i doubt whether she has the slightest influence with respectable people it was just after breakfast and the day promised to be the hottest of the year the vicar heavy-laden man had sat down in his study to worry over parish accounts when the door opened to admit his wife he quivered with annoyance mrs lashmar had a genius for the mal during breakfast when her talk would have mattered little she had kept silence now that her husband particularly wished to be alone with his anxiety she entered with an air-foreboding long discourse twenty-three pounds four shillings and sixpence muttered the vicar as he passed a handkerchief over his moist forehead dear me how close it is twenty-three if dyce is elected pursued the lady we must celebrate the occasion in some really striking way of course there must be a dinner for all our poor what i want to know interrupted mr lashmar with mild irritableness is how he proposes to meet his expenses and what he is going to live upon if he is still looking to me i hope you haven't encouraged him in any hope of that kind of course not in my last letter i expressly reminded him that our affairs were getting into a lamentable muddle of course if i had had the management of them this wouldn't have come about do you know what i've been thinking it might be an advantage to dyce if you made friends with the clergy at hollingford couldn't you go over one day and call on the rector i see he's a cambridge man but really cried mr lashmar half distraught i must beg you to let me get this work done in quietness by some extraordinary error a knock sounded at the door followed by a man's voice may i come in there you are mrs lashmar exclaimed it's dyce himself come in come in why who could have thought you would get here so early i chose the early train for the sake of coolness answered dyce who shook hands with his parents the weather is simply tropical and two days ago we were shivering what is there to drink mother mrs lashmar took her son to the dining-room and whilst he was refreshing himself talked of the career before him her sanguine mind saw him already at westminster and on the way to high distinction there's just one thing i'm anxious about she said sinking her voice you know the state of your father's affairs it happens most unfortunately just when a little help would be so important to you for years i have foreseen it Dice, again and again i have urged prudence but you know your father the most generous of men but a mere child in matters of business i feared but it was only the other day that i discovered the real state of things i shouldn't be at all surprised dyce if some day we have to look to you for succour don't worry answered her son things'll come right i think just go on as prudently as you can for the present is father really in a hobble my dear he doesn't know where to turn for a five-pound note dyce was sincerely troubled he seldom thought of his parents none the less they represented his only true affection and he became uncomfortable at the prospect of disaster befalling their latter years well well don't bother about it more than you can help things are going pretty well with me i fancy so i supposed dyce but your father is afraid you know how he looks on the dark side of everything lest you should be incurring liabilities i have told him that that was never your habit of course not said dyce confidently you may be sure that i haven't taken such serious steps without seeing my way clear before me i knew it i've always had the fullest faith in you and Dice, how you are improving in looks you must go to a photographer again i've just been sitting at hollingford the local people wanted it you know but i'll send you one from london presently and you assure me that there is no money difficulty asked mrs lashmar with inquisitive eyes none whatever the fact of the matter is that i am standing to please lady ogram and of course he waved an explanatory hand things are not finely arranged yet but all will be smooth his smile made dignified deprecation of undue insistence on trivial detail i'm delighted to hear it exclaimed his mother it's just what i had supposed what could be more natural do you think by the by that i ought to go and see lady ogram it might seem to her a right and natural thing and from what you tell me of her i feel sure we should have a good deal in common i've thought of that too dyce answered averting his look but wait a little just now lady ogram isn't at all well she sees hardly anybody of course i shall be guided by your advice a little later then and dyce you haven't told me anything about miss bride is she still with lady ogram oh yes still acting as secretary of course you don't see much of her why to tell you the truth we have to see each other a good deal owing to her duties ah yes i understand she writes to dictation and that kind of thing strange that lady ogram should have engaged such a very unpleasant young woman i've seldom known anyone i disliked so much really she's of the new school you know the result of the emancipation movement dyce smiled as if indulgently lady ogram thinks a great deal of her and i fancy means to leave her money gracious you don't say so mrs lashmar put the subject disdainfully aside and dyce was glad to speak of something else throughout the day the vicar was too busy to hold conversation with his son but after dinner they sat alone together in the study mrs lashmar being called forth by some parochial duty as he puffed at his newly lighted pipe dyce reflected on all that had happened since he last sat here some three months ago and thought of what might have been his lot had not fortune dealt so kindly with him glancing at his father's face he noted in it the signs of wearing anxiety it seemed to him that the vicar looked much older than in the spring and he was impressed by the pathos of age which has no hopes to nourish which can ask no more of life than a quiet ending he could not imagine himself grey-headed disillusioned the effort to do so gave him a thrill of horror thereupon he felt reproach of conscience for all the care and kindness he had received from his father since the days when he used to come into this very room to show how well he could read a page of some child's story what return had he made none whatever in words and little enough in conduct all at once he felt a desire to prove that he was not the insensible egoist his father perhaps thought him i am afraid you are a good deal worried father he began looking at the paper-covered writing-table i'm putting my affairs in order Dice," the vicar replied running fingers through his beard i've been foolish enough to let them get very tangled let me advise you never to do the same but it'll all be straight before long don't trouble about me let me hear of your own projects i heartily wish it were in my power to help you you did that much longer than i ought to have allowed returned Dice. i feel myself to a great extent the cause of your troubles nothing of the kind broke in his father cheerily troubles be." excommunicated this hot weather takes it out of me a little but i'm very well and not at all discouraged so don't think it to tell you the truth i've been feeling anxious to hear more in detail from you about this hollingford enterprise have you serious hopes i hardly think i shall be elected the first time dyce answered speaking with entire frankness but it'll be experience and may open the way for me parliament mused the vicar parliament to be sure we must have members it's our way of doing things of governing the country and if you really feel apt for that he paused dreamily dyce still under the impulse of softened feelings spoke as he seldom did very simply quietly sincerely i believe father that i am not unfit for it politics it's true don't interest me very strongly but i have brains enough to get the necessary knowledge and i feel that i shall do better work in a prominent position of that kind than if i went on tutoring or took to journalism as you say we must have representatives and i should not be the least capable or the least honest i find i can speak fairly well i find i can inspire people with confidence in me and without presumption i don't think the confidence is misplaced well that's something said the vicar absently but you talk as if politics were a profession one could live by i don't yet understand how i'm going to live nor do i i'll tell you that frankly but lady ogram knows my circumstances and none the less urges me on it may be taken for granted that she has something in view and after giving a good deal of thought to the matter i see no valid reason why i should refuse any assistance she chooses to offer me the case would not be without precedent there is nothing dishonourable dyce drifted into verbosity at the beginning he had lost from sight the impossibility of telling the whole truth about his present position and the prospects on which he counted he spoke with relief and would gladly have gone on unbosoming himself strong and deep-rooted is the instinct of confession unable to ease his conscience regarding outward circumstances he turned at length to the question of his intellectual attitude do you remember when i was here last i spoke to you of a french book i had been reading a sociological work as i told you it had a great influence on my mind it helped to set my ideas in order before then i had only the vaguest way of thinking about political and social questions that book supplied me with a scientific principle which i have since been working out for myself ha interjected the vicar looking up oddly and you really feel in need of a scientific principle without it i should have remained a mere empiric like the rest of our politicians i should have judged measures from the narrow merely practical point of view or rather i should pretty certainly have guided myself by some theory in which i only tried to believe so you have now a belief dice come that's a point to have reached that alone should give you a distinction among the aspiring men of to-day and what do you believe after drawing a meditative puff or two dyce launched into his familiar demonstration he would very much rather have left it aside he felt that he was not speaking as one genuinely convinced and that his father listened without serious interest but the theory had all to be gone through he unwound it like thread off a reel rather mechanically and heavily towards the end and that's what you are going to live for said his father that is your faith necessary to salvation i take it to be the interpretation of human history perhaps it is perhaps it is murmured the vicar abstractedly for my own part he added bestowing himself to refill his pipe i can still see a guiding light in the older faith of course the world has rejected it i don't seek to delude myself on that point i shrink with horror from the blasphemy which would have us pretend that our civilization obeys the spirit of christ the world has rejected it now as ever despised and rejected of men the world very likely will do without religion yet Dice, when i think of the sermon on the mount he paused again holding his pipe in his hand unlit and looking before him with wide eyes i respect that as much as any can said dyce gravely as much as any can who doesn't believe it his father took him up with gentle irony i don't expect the impossible you cannot believe in it for you were born a post darwinian well your religion is temporal let us take that for granted you do not deny yourself you believe that self-assertion to the uttermost is the prime duty provided that self-assertion be understood aright i understand it as meaning the exercise of all my civic faculties which in your case are faculties of command faculties which point you to the upper seat Dice, tom bullock my gardener is equally to assert himself but with the understanding that his faculties point to the bottom of the table where the bread is a trifle stale and butter sometimes lacking yes yes i understand of course you will do your very best for tom you would like him to have what the sweet language of our day calls a square meal but still he must eat below the salt there you can't help him because nature itself cannot explain. Dice. one wants tom to acknowledge that without bitterness and at the same time to understand that but for him his honest work his clean life the world couldn't go on at all if tom feels that he is a religious man ah i take your point but Dice, i find as a painful matter of fact that tom bullock is by no means a religious man Tom, I've learnt, privately calls himself a hagnostic, and is obliging enough to say, among his intimates, that if the truth were told, I myself am the same. Tom has got hold of evolutionary notions which he illustrates in his daily work. He knows all about natural selection and the survival of the fittest. Tom ought to be a very apt disciple of your bio-sociological creed. Unhappily, a more selfish mortal doesn't walk the earth he has been known to send his wife and children supperless to bed because a festive meeting at a club to which he belongs demanded all the money in his pocket tom you see feels himself one of the select his wife and children holding an inferior place in great nature's scheme must be content to hunger now and then and it's their fault if they don't feel a religious satisfaction in the privilege why on earth do you employ such a man cried Dice. because my dear boy if i did not no one else would and tom's wife and children would have still greater opportunities of proving their disinterested citizenship dyce laughed speaking seriously again father tom is what he is just because he hasn't received the proper education had he been rightly taught who knows but he would in fact have been an apt disciple of the civic religion i fear me Dice, that no amount of civic instruction or any other instruction would have affected tom's ethics tom is representative of his age come come i have every wish to be just to you a new religion must have time its leaven must work amid the lump you my dear boy are convinced that the leaven is though a new sort a of very sound and sufficient yeast let that be granted i unfortunately cannot believe anything of the kind to me your method of solution seems a deliberate insistence on the worldly and human nature sure to have the practical result of making men more and more savagely materialist i see no hope whatever that you will inspire the world with enthusiasm for a noble civilization by any theory based on biological teaching from my point of view a man becomes noble in spite of the material laws which condition his life never in consequence of them if you ask me how and why i bow my head and keep silence can you maintain asked ice respectfully that christianity is still a civilizing power to all appearances was the grave answer christianity has failed utterly absolutely glaringly failed at this moment the world i am convinced holds more potential barbarism than did the roman empire under the antonines wherever i look i see a monstrous contrast between the professions and the practice between the assumed and the actual aims of so-called christian peoples christianity has failed to conquer the human heart it must be very dreadful for you to be convinced of that it is but more dreadful would be a loss of belief in the christian spirit by belief i don't mean faith in its ultimate triumph i am not at all sure that i can look forward to that no but a persuasion that the sermon on the mount is good is the best once upon a time multitudes were in that sense christian nowadays does one man in a thousand give his mind's allegiance lips and life disregarded to that ideal of human thought and conduct take your newspaper writer who speaks to and for the million he simply scorns every christian precept how can he but scorn a thing so unpractical nay i notice that he is already throwing off the hypocrisy hitherto thought decent i read newspaper articles which sneer and scoff at those who venture to remind the world that after all it nominally owes allegiance to a christian ideal our prophets begin openly to proclaim that self-interest and the hardest materialism are our only safe guides now and then such passages amaze appall me but i am getting used to them so i am to the same kind of declaration in everyday talk men in most respectable coats sitting at most orderly tables hold the language of pure barbarism if you drew one of them aside and said to him but what about the fruits of the spirit what sort of look would he give you i agree entirely exclaimed dyce and for that very reason i want to work for a new civilizing principle if you get into the house shall you talk there about bio sociology why no answered dyce with a chuckle if i were capable of that i should have very little chance of getting into the house at all or of doing anything useful anywhere in other words said his father still eyeing an unlit pipe one must be practical dice? in the right way yes yes one must be practical practical if you know which is the right way i am very glad i congratulate you for my own part i seek it vainly i seek it these forty years and more and it grows clear to me that i should have done much better not to heed that question at all blessed are the merciful blessed are the pure in heart blessed are the peacemakers it is all strikingly unpractical Dice, my boy you can't again in to-day's sweet language run the world on those principles they are utterly incompatible with business and business is life but they are not at all incompatible with the civilization i have in view dyce exclaimed i am glad to hear it very glad you don't however see your way to that civilization by teaching such axioms unfortunately not no you have to teach blessed are the civic-minded for they shall profit by their civism it has to be profit dice profit profit live thus and you'll get a good deal out of life live otherwise and you may get more but with an unpleasant chance of getting a good deal less but isn't it unfortunately true that christianity spoke also of rewards yes it is true the promise was sometimes adapted to the poorer understanding more often it was nobler and by that i take my stand blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of god the words you know had then a meaning now they have none to see god was not a little thing i imagine but the vision probably brought with it neither purple nor fine linen for curiosity's sake Dice, read matthew five to seven before you go to sleep you'll find the old bible in your bedroom the door was thrown open and mrs lashmar's voice broke upon the still air of the study Dice, have you seen to-day's times there's a most interesting article on the probable duration of parliament take it up to your room with you and read it before you sleep End of chapter eighteen